This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family, wealth, and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more. This is the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast with Andy Hill, session number 47. This show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Thank you for being here today, everybody. Before we jump into today's show, I want to take a quick moment to talk about a free guidebook that I created that will help you save $1,000 without leaving the comfort of your home. Think of this 1K of cold, hard cash as a way to build up your savings or just to have some extra money to have some fun this month. If you're interested in saving one grand in three easy steps, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash 1K or go to the resources section on marriagekidsandmoney.com. Okay, it's time for today's show. Have you ever walked into a Starbucks and seen that tip jar that they've got in front of the counter and wondered, how much should I be tipping? Or do I do I even need to tip at all? Or have you ordered food to your house, like the pizza guy or the Jimmy John's, and the delivery person comes to the door and you think, What's a good tip for this person who's busting their butt to get me my food? Well, I've been thinking about these tipping conundrums for quite a while. I want to be that generous person that tips well, but I have no basis for what's typical or what, what's the correct etiquette. So in my mission to educate myself with all things money... I decided to talk to some experts on tipping. This way, I could create a tipping guide for myself, and of course, all of you who are listening, that I can use going forward. So on today's show, we're going to do three things. Number one, we're going to hear from modern etiquette expert Maggie Oldham. With her professional background in etiquette, she's going to tell us how to tip in modern society. And then number two... After our discussion with Maggie, we're going to jump into an interview with Matt Schultz from CreditCards.com, who's going to share some survey results on how people in 2017 are actually tipping. They got this data from credit cards. So um, we'll jump into that. And then lastly, I'm going to share my thoughts on how I'll be tipping going forward following these interviews. I've, I'm going to be learning a lot, so I figured I would... Con- consolidate it all down into a nice, easy format for me as well as you all to know what we're going to do going forward. So first up is Maggie Oldham, the modern etiquette coach that's been featured in People Magazine, Fox News, CBS, and many other major news outlets. She specializes in helping us live a classy, confident, and successful life. Today, we're asking Maggie about how we can be classy, confident, and successful with our tipping. She's going to tell us what modern etiquette says about tipping in 2017. Without further delay, let's get classy with modern etiquette coach Maggie Oldham. How you doing, Maggie? I'm doing great. Excellent, excellent. So, Maggie, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and this really unique uh, niche you've, you've, you've gotten yourself here with, with modern etiquette? Yeah, I would love to. So I'm a modern etiquette coach. I started doing this about four years ago after I attended the Institute via Pierre Fou, which is a very fancy name for uh, the premier finishing school in Switzerland. Um, I have always been interested in etiquette and they offer a program to uh, come and learn all things etiquette. So I flew to Switzerland and I attended this program and I totally fell in love with the art of etiquette. So I started with a blog and I started blogging about uh, modern everyday situations that we find ourselves in and what is the correct etiquette uh, for those situations. And then from there I started teaching classes and uh, I currently blog and uh, teach classes about dining etiquette, social etiquette, business etiquette, you name it. That is so cool. That's really great. And, you know, helping people to survive in social situations and and do the right thing. And obviously, etiquette has changed over the years completely, probably. I mean, there's, there's things that have 
you know, uh, historically always probably maintain themselves. But as we evolve with uh, technology and text messages and things like that, I'm sure sure things have changed quite a bit. Do you agree? Oh my goodness, yeah. So we have we have the principles of etiquette that are always unchanging, and that is just you know putting ourselves in other people's shoes and being considerate of others and understanding how our actions would affect those around us. I mean, the core principles of etiquette don't change, but the situations do. I mean, even just texting etiquette is is huge, and it's something we didn't even have to really deal with 10 years ago. That is excellent. So so you've, you've developed a business here for yourself. So how, I, I know that you were interested in the topic, and you went and studied it. How did you decide when you were going to start moving forward this w- with this as a small business for yourself that this was the right path? This is what you wanted to do. Well, I did some research, and um, you know, the etiquette industry is kind of a small niche. Um, there are other etiquette consultants, and we kind of all know who each other are. Um, but it, it didn't seem like anyone was really specializing in the modern aspect of etiquette. So um, I. I took my personal experiences of, you know, situations that I had encountered um, and I, I said, okay, if I put together a class on social etiquette, what topics would people that are, you know, in my demographic, my age range be interested in? And so I, I tried my first class. I was actually living in LA at the time and I, I put together my first class and of course I recruited all my friends um, and I, they all came and I said, give me your honest feedback. You know, these things that I'm teaching you in this class, are these applicable? Do you, do you like them? And the response I got was just overwhelming. Um, everyone loved the content. And the first class I did, like I said, was a social etiquette class. So we talked about walking into a party. Do you go to the food first? Do you grab a drink first? How do you hold your drink? How do you make your way into a conversation with a group of people? All those really practical things that, you know, people were saying, I've never really learned this before. They don't teach you this in school. And there aren't really a lot of resources out there. And so it just kind of took off from there. That's great, Maggie. That's very cool. What a, what a neat uh, niche that you've created. And and since this is since this show is focused mostly on personal finance, I'm gonna sub niche your niche here and talk specifically about uh, tipping today, if that's okay with you. Um, we have a lot of families uh, that listen to the show that you know are traveling on vacations, or they're going to restaurants, or you know, or they're just meeting with the everyday folks that require a tip and. Since times have changed, or maybe they haven't, we wanted to meet with an expert like you and talk about how people should be acting in the in the real world in modern day times. So if you're okay with it, I'd love to walk through first uh, a vacation opportunity. So <clears throat> we're, we're traveling as a family, and there's going to be lots of people to tip, right? Mm-hmm. And we want to... We don't want to be the stingy people. We want to be the you know the good, kind, uh, generous folks. Um, but we want to make sure we're doing it right. So, would you mind uh, walking through this virtual vacation with me and and sort of talking about the people that we might be tipping along the way? Would we? Would you mind doing that? I'd love to. And actually, this is coming at perfect timing, Andy, because my husband and I just got got back from our honeymoon about a month ago. Oh, congratulations. Um, thank you. Thank you. We went to an all-inclusive resort in St. Lucia. So um, I'd love to talk about vacation tipping. And I'd actually like to first make the distinction um, you know, between regular vacations where you're kind of paying for things a la carte and then all-inclusive vacations, because um, I think that can be really confusing for people as well. So uh, let's just touch on the all-inclusive part first because that one's really quick and easy. And then we'll dive into all of those little a la carte situations where you might find yourself needing to tip on vacation. So typically with an all-inclusive package, everything including the gratuity is going to be included in the flat rate. But it's very, very important that you look at the fine print to make sure that that is the case. And if you have any questions, you can always call the booking agent and ask. And you can just be honest and say, you know, are gratuities included? If not, what is expected? But typically in an all-inclusive situation, they are. Now, um, personally, what I like to do, and and our honeymoon was only the second all-inclusive vacation I've ever gone on. Um, We were in the Caribbean. The one before that was in Mexico. So you don't see them too often in the United States. Um, It's more, you know, if you're going down to those tropical locales. 
Um, but what we did and what I would encourage people to do is we did look at the fine print and, and gratuity was included, but we did have a couple staff members that went above and beyond in helping us. And at the end of the week, we gave each of those staff members that we had kind of developed a personal relationship with um, that had really gone out of their way to make our stay memorable. And we gave them cash tips. We gave them each, you know, anywhere between 20 and $50, uh, just as a way to say thank you for making this so memorable. Um, we understand that that was not expected, but that was just something personally that we felt like we wanted to do. And so um, I would recommend, you know, if you're going on an all-inclusive vacation to bring bring some extra cash and to be able to, to say thank you to those folks that went above and beyond because, you know, a lot of these people working in the service industry, that's their livelihood. And so, um, you know, it's just nice to have that on hand. That's great. I Honestly, I never thought about just check because I've been on a bunch of all-inclusive vacations and I, I always thought that, um, you know, you're you're all inclusive for for your stay and the food and things like that, but I never really thought to check about gratuity being included all inclusive. So that that's a great tip. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Excellent. So let's let's segue into the non all inclusives, which are our kind of standard you know vacation packages that we either put together ourselves or that we have a travel agent put together for us when we're traveling. Uh, here in the United States or even in Europe, anytime where we don't really have an all-inclusive package. So if we think about it, from the moment we leave our homes, <laughs> we are going to run into situations where we could potentially tip. And so what do we do? So if you're okay with it, I'd love to kind of walk through maybe the step-by-step. So from the time we leave our door at our home to the time we actually, you know, wrap up our vacation and head home, who do we encounter along the way and who do we need to tip? That's what I'm talking about. That'd be great. Okay, perfect. So uh, let's talk about um, arriving at the airport. And, uh, you know, we have, we have curbside check-in where we don't even need to go into the airport. We can actually uh, have a person curbside take our bags for us, check our bags, in that situation, we want to tip a dollar or two per bag. Okay, um, so then when we arrive at the airport, if we have so so we've we've gotten to the airport, we've boarded our plane, we've arrived at our, our destination. If you're transferring uh, through either a private service or if the hotel is providing a transfer, and a, a, by transfer we mean getting you from the airport to your destination via a private car or a shuttle or something like that. Um, if it is a, a car service, I would always recommend tipping about 10%. Um, so if it costs you you know, $50 to get from the airport to the hotel, uh, you'd, you'd give them a $5 bill. Makes sense. Yeah, if, if, it's, if it's a shuttle or um, some kind of van that's that's transporting you from the airport to the hotel and they're handling your bags, I would, I would tip about a dollar or two per bag um, because that's a service provided by the hotel and you're tipping for you know, the handling of, of the bag. Once we get to the hotel, then we encounter some more personnel right away. So the first person we're probably gonna encounter at the hotel is going to be the doorman. So if the doorman is simply opening the door for you, welcoming you to the hotel, you can tip them with a smile. So, so a non-monetary tip, you can tip them with a smile and a thank you. For our frugal audience, uh, that just made them happy. <laughs> <laughs> now, if, and now it's, and it's totally your choice because yeah. this is where I think it gets awkward because a lot of times when we show up to a hotel, we have people that are kind of rushing to grab our bags and they want to help us with our bags up to the room. That is a totally optional service. If you are happy carrying your own bags to the room, um, you don't need to hand over your bags and you don't need to pay for that extra service. You can totally take your own bags up there. Now, if you decide, hey, you know, our arms are really full, we're tired, you know, let somebody else take our bags up to the room. Again, tip a dollar or two per bag uh, once they're delivered to your room. That makes sense. Excellent. So we've gotten to our room and we're, let's just say we're, uh, we're going to take advantage of this is not a non-all-inclusive situation. We're going to take advantage of the restaurant in the hotel. Um, 
you've seen a lot about restaurants. I actually read an article that you had some feedback on a, a celebrity, unnamed celebrity that uh, did not leave a very nice tip for her server. And, uh, you know, it was a bad experience based on her bad experience at the restaurant. Where where are people going now with with tips uh, as far as as restaurants? Has that is it still fifteen percent? Is it twenty percent? What's the standard now? And and if if somebody does a great job, you know, is twenty percent the highest? Where where should we be? So I it's it's really interesting that you ask where are we now because I've seen in probably the last decade or two that percentage is creeping up. Um, so we used to say fifteen to twenty percent. Maybe 20 years ago, people would default more toward the 15%. Now I see people erring more toward the 20% side. Um, And I think that's just kind of become a cultural thing in the United States for us. And I think digital tipping has something to do with that as well. Um, When we talk about digital tipping, we're referring to that situation where they're spinning around the iPad and you're selecting the, the tip on the iPad, and usually the presets aren't on there are 18%, 20%, 25%. So culturally and then just tech, technology-wise, we're seeing that creep up. So I always err on the side of 18 to 20%. And, and to be honest, 20% for me is just easier to calculate. Yeah. So I always tip 20% on the pre-tax amount. Okay. Now that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you, the, the math problem of 20% versus 18% probably makes <laughs> whatever savings you'd have between that 2% makes your, uh, makes your head feel better. Just uh, multiplying it by two, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So let's talk, about, let's talk about then, you know, what if, what if you don't have good service? Mm-hmm. So I would always say, in, unless, unless you're just being absolutely verbally abused or you're, you're just having, horrendous, horrendous service. And I don't mean, I don't mean quality of food or, or ambiance in the restaurant, but I mean service. Um, I, I would always tip. Now you can tip on the lower end, um, you know, lower end being that 15%. Um, but keep in mind that in a lot of restaurants, the servers are making below minimum wage. Um, so they're relying on these tips to really supplement their income. So, um, so, to not tip would, would be very, that would only be in extremely rare circumstances, like I said, where you just were being berated by, by the wait staff, which hopefully yeah. never happens to anybody. Um, well, you make a good point. You said um, even if the food is bad, like that, that really has nothing to do with the server, right? I mean, so mm-hmm. if your food didn't taste that good, you're really not harming the... I guess you're you're more harming the the waiter or waitress by giving a low tip than you are the restaurant, right? Correct, correct. So, um, so the tip almost exclusively goes to the server. Uh, it never really goes back to the the restaurant owner or the manager or the chefs or anything like that. Now, certain restaurants, and it's all going to depend. You know, it's going to be specific to each restaurant. Some of the servers might then tip out um, the bartenders or the the bus staff. Uh, you know, the people that are clearing away your plates. But but really, you can always kind of think in your head, okay, this money is going toward the server. It has nothing to do with the restaurant owner or the manager. If you have a beef with the food, you can always request to, you know, send it back or to request to speak to the manager. But um, remember that your server is, they're doing their job and, and you're compensating them for doing their particular job, which is serving you the food. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. Okay, we... We've completed our meal at this hotel, and we're staying for a couple days. Who are the other people at a hotel or, uh, you know, in this in this vacation scenario we're, we're traveling through that we might need to consider? Uh, you know, h- housekeeping, folks like that. Can we talk a little bit about those those services? Sure, yeah. So there are a couple folks uh, that come to mind. So you mentioned housekeeping. Um, housekeeping is a tricky one because if you're staying, if you're staying multiple days, you might have a different housekeeping staff uh, every day coming in and, and changing out your sheets and your towels and that sort of thing. So there are a couple options. Uh, one is you could leave a few dollars, and I'd say you know maybe $5 each day um, with a little note. And, and you'll find these in most hotel rooms. There'll be a little notepad with a pen, and you can just say, you know, for today's housekeeping and, and leave a $5 bill. Or... Um, in the case of our trip, when we went to St. Lucia last month for a honeymoon, they, they actually specifically said, um, any money you leave at the end of the week will be evenly divided between the housekeeping staff. 
Um, so that's another option. You kind of have to look for that. Um, but but if you want to err on the side of caution and, and tip housekeeping, just leave a couple dollars or five dollars you know, each day with a little note for housekeeping. Again, not required by any means. Um, a lot of people don't tip housekeeping, but if that's something you feel you want to do, especially at a at a higher end hotel where they're providing a turndown service and they're providing, you know, little chocolates by the pillow and little extras here and there, that's a nice touch. Yeah, excellent. And again, you're supporting people who are working in these service positions. So think about think about who's getting this money at the end of the day, right? Mm-hmm, exactly. And and for a situation like that, when it's not expected, think about the delight and the you know happiness that you're you're bringing to somebody by surprising them with a tip. I mean, Absolutely. It, it, gives you the, it gives you the good, good feelings and the good vibe. Absolutely. I agree. So uh, who else? So we got maybe valet, somebody like that to, to talk about. Sure. Yeah. So we have a valet um, and for a valet, whether you're staying at a hotel or, you know, you're going to, to dinner in your town and you're. Um, valet parking your car. The industry standard is between uh, two and five dollars per car. So two dollars would be if you're, you know, just dining out locally. Five dollars would be if you're parking your car in a hotel overnight and uh, the valet is taking care of your car, you know, for for longer than 24 hours. Uh, somebody else uh, that um, you know sometimes we don't always utilize this resource and that's fine um, but if you do utilize this person you definitely want to tip and that is the hotel concierge so uh, typically at um, you know higher-end hotels especially hotels in bigger cities there'll be a concierge desk and the concierge is a great resource uh, for for you especially if you know you want to make the most of your vacation or you're new to a city and you um, you know, want to really make the most of it, the concierge will provide uh, information on on tours and things to go see. They'll also assist you in making those really hard to get dinner reservations. Um, and they, they can also do a number of, of different things if you ask. Um, for example, if you, um, you know, need to mail something out, the concierge might be able to assist you with that. So if you're utilizing the concierge, um, you know, for a request, say, to to make a dining reservation, um, between two and five dollars again is is a nice tip. Um, something that that works really well with a concierge. If you're going to be staying at the same hotel or resort for you know the week or two weeks, and you're checking in with the concierge every day, you probably want to tip them at the very end. And you might tip them you know with a twenty dollar bill if they're you know if they if you've checked in with them you know multiple times throughout the course of your stay. Perfect. Well, you heard you heard it here first, people. Make sure you are budgeting tips when you plan your next trip. We do not want to come across as the stingy tourists now, do we? <laughs> Very cool. So uh, let's let's talk a little bit about a couple other things, if you're okay with it, outside of the vacation. Um, these are mostly uh, just random questions, so I'll fire these at you, and we can just uh, maybe have some quick back and forth on it. So we right. talked we talked about restaurants. If I'm just going to a restaurant to do some carry out or picking up some catering, my wife and I have debated this a lot. What is a what is a what's a satisfying or I guess what what's a typical tip that that you would leave for the people that are helping to prepare the meal or or the people that are working uh, behind the counter? For a simple individual carry out order, you don't need to tip. You're not obligated and it's not expected. Now, if you're Picking up a carryout order for a party of 15 people, then you'd want to leave 10% of the 10%. bill. Okay, so for larger catering orders, 10%. For little things here and there, I'm going to get my, whatever, my, my lunch for the day, not required. Correct. Okay, great. Man, I'm checking some stuff off the box here. This is great. <laughs> How about, you know, a lot of people visit the coffee shop. We got the little tip jar there. And like you said, the square, they're turning around that square in front of you now and, and having the opportunity to leave a, a, a large tip, um, people are confused on, on what, what the right thing to do is. What, what do you think? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So awkward. I actually hate when they, when they spin it around and then you're forced to, to select no tip. I, I feel like a bad person, but I don't, I don't tip at coffee shops unless I'm a regular sure. or unless I have a really lengthy drink order. If I'm ordering all these add-ins, um, no need to tip at a coffee shop. It's quick service. Wow. Okay. This is great. We're, we're learning a lot today. Excellent. And then, um, last, last one, the, if you're ordering food to your house, the pizza guy, the food delivery services, the Jimmy John's, that type of stuff, 
what what are this this was a hot debate <laughs> we a hot debate with another family that we were meeting with the other day uh and we wanted to talk about that so what's typical for that so I would say 20% rounded up to the next dollar. Um, it's it's awkward to give delivery drivers, you know, $4.25 or something like that. So just round it up to $5. So 20% rounded up. Now, if it's raining or bad weather out, I'd say 25% rounded up to the next dollar. Excellent. Well, this is this is incredible information. And I think people were really wondering about all these little details. And I'm glad that you have become a resource in this area, not just for tipping everybody, but for all things modern etiquette. So Maggie, where could people learn more about you, your services, and just general modern etiquette advice? Uh, they can check out my blog and website, which is maggieoldham.com. And also my Instagram, which is modern etiquette coach. Excellent. So you're hitting up Instagram. That's a good one. That's a good one right now. Okay, cool. Very cool. Maggie, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate you uh, imparting some important wisdom for our audience here. And selfishly myself, I will now be uh, more modern in my etiquette. So thank you very much. Oh, thank you for having me. This is fun. Well, that was an enlightening chat with Maggie for sure. The all-inclusive vacation thing, I that was a complete eye-opener for me. Um, Nicole and I have been going to all-inclusive vacations for a while now. We did our honeymoon there. We did a, a trip a couple of years ago and we've been tipping left and right, man. I, I guess mostly just to try to get the cocktails a little faster, but little did we know it's more than likely included. So very, very enlightening. Thank you, Maggie. And the housekeeping staff, uh, oh man, I have not been the best tipper there for sure. I'm going to work on bringing more cash with me on my vacations, my business trips going forward because those are good people doing good things and taking care of important things for us. And I have not been the best tipper. I have been doing the 20% for the pizza guy or the Jimmy John's delivery person for a while. So I'm good there. I think the main point for me is that these folks in the service industry aren't making huge dollars. So these tips can go quite a long way in helping them have better lives. Are you looking for someone to walk alongside you on your journey to family financial independence? Well, I would love to help you achieve your goals and help your family thrive. I work with couples, individuals, and families all around the U.S. via video chat and can assist in the following areas. Becoming debt-free, growing your net worth, crafting and sticking to your budget, reviewing Coast Fire plans, developing strategies to build generational wealth for your kids, and designing your future work-optional lifestyle. Doesn't that sound nice? <laughs> if you're interested in working with me one-on-one, you can book a time with me by visiting marriagekidsandmoney.com coaching. I would love to help you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Visit marriagekidsandmoney.com coaching to learn more, or you can click the link in our show description. If you're looking to improve your financial situation, it helps when you're able to cut out unnecessary costs. Cell phone services are a necessity for sure, but we don't need to be overpaying for them, right? That's why I like Tello Mobile, a phone service worth talking about. We've been fully on board as a family with Tello for over two years now, and we are so happy that we made the switch. For us, the reception and data service is better than Verizon, and our costs were nearly cut in half. Tello runs on the T-Mobile network and it's wowing new customers like us with their rock bottom prices and stellar service. With over 10,000 reviews, Tello is rated as excellent on Trustpilot, and this is quite rare in the wireless world. Nicole and I went for the unlimited data, minutes, and texting plan for only 25 bucks per month each. Isn't that crazy? You heard that right. $25 is their most expensive plan, actually. And Tello is running a special offer for MKM listeners right now. Check out Tello today at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello and use the code MKM20 to get 20% off on your first month of service for any Tello plan above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello, and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up. The code is valid until April 19th, 2024. 
marriagekidsandmoney.com slash tell them. All right. We've heard from a modern etiquette expert on tipping. Now let's hear what people are actually tipping in 2017. Will there be differences? Will there be similarities? I chatted with Matt Schultz, who is a senior industry analyst from creditcards.com, about a U.S.-based survey they conducted that highlights the country's tipping habits. They analyzed demographic data like gender, political affiliation, and geographic locations, as well as various areas of tipping, such as restaurants, coffee shops, even the hair salon. Between what modern etiquette calls for and what the actual data says from this credit card survey... I think we're going to come up with a decent deduction on the ultimate tipping guide at the end of the show. Okay, let's crack into part two of this tip extravaganza and welcome senior industry analyst Matt Schultz from creditcards.com. How you doing, Matt? I'm doing great. How are you? I am excellent. I am excellent. It's great to hear from you. We've got an exciting conversation to chat about today. (laughs) A lot of confusion out there with with tipping, and I have uh, pulled you in as uh, as not only an expert on the area, but somebody who was a part of a uh, a major research effort to find out what people are actually doing with regard to their tipping. So uh, we'll get into a little bit of that uh, as we as we progress into the the interview. But uh, I thought maybe we could start off by you giving us a little bit of background on what uh, who you are and what you do with uh, CreditCards.com. Yeah, um, my title is senior industry analyst, but my basically my job is to help people is to do interviews with with folks like you and also um, other media outlets um, to help people make smarter decisions about acquiring credit and using it every day. Um, and it's there's there's a lot to talk about <laughs> and there's a lot of confusion. Um, so it's, so I always enjoy the chance to, uh, to come on and, uh, and help, uh, people learn a little bit more. Excellent. Well, there's probably a lot of responsibility with that role, obviously, because credit cards can, can be something that, uh, is, is, are freeing for people and the ability to, you know, um, live your life the way you want to live, but also can come with a little bit of responsibility on, on using those responsibly. Is, is that, uh, is that part of your role? Yeah, and I'm somebody who's been on both sides of it. Um, I had about $10,000 in credit card debt when I was 24, 25, and um, got that paid off after it basically consumed a couple years of my life. And, um, And now I pay for everything with credit and have collected miles and such that have, uh, paid for the airfare on my honeymoon and helped my wife and I, and now my son travel, um, more than we would have ever been able to otherwise. That's great. So you found the balance of, uh, utilizing credit cards for what they can give you perks wise, but, uh, um, not letting it, uh, essentially take over your life from, from the, these large interest rates that they're out there. Yeah, and and the honest truth is that sometimes people just have to learn the hard way. Yeah, and and the thing that I always say, and and it kind of comes as a surprise to people sometimes, given the website I work for. But the 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 reality is is that if you don't think that you can handle that credit card, you shouldn't get it. Absolutely, because it's it 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 can really get you in trouble if you miss payments if you run up debt um it's it's as simple as that it's a it's a really great tool if handled properly but you need to be able to handle it properly well, i'm glad we started off the interview that way matt because um it's it, credit cards come with a quite a bit of responsibility and you know based on your background and the information that you guys are able to to receive through creditcards.com would love to now dive into a little bit of the details of this really interesting study that uh, recently happened. I saw you on CNBC as well as you know reading a detailed article where you were featured. Can you just tell us a little bit of the purpose of the study that happened with regard to tipping? Well, one of the things that we like to do around here is get into people's perceptions and thoughts about um, all things payments, really, um, credit, debit, mobile, all that kind of thing. 
And we, we leave a lot of the kind of hard data number crunching stuff to the Fed and people like that. But we like to dive into more of the of the behavioral sort of stuff and and how people view certain things. And we kick around ideas every once in a while for new surveys. And we started talking about tipping. And a half an hour later in this brainstorming meeting, we were still talking about tipping. And then that just led us to believe, okay, this is probably something other people would be interested in too. Excellent. Excellent. So what were the just top level results of, of the study? What, what, what did you guys learn? Well, we, we looked at, um, at how people tip at restaurants, hair salons, coffee shops, and hotels as it relates to the hotel housekeeper. And what we found was that when it comes to restaurants, the best tippers tend to be Northeastern Republican baby boomer males who tip with plastic. And the worst are women, Democrats, and Southerners. But above all, what the best tippers tend to be the folks with the most money. And that may not be any great revelation because yeah. it, it stands to reason that the more money you have, the more likely you are to leave a little more on the table at the end of the night. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Well, so why do you think the uh, – just curious, why, what was your breakdown of the – Northeastern Republican male versus the Southern female Democrat. What, 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 how did how did that break down? What, what, what was your synopsis of that uh, that data? Well, again, it really is kind of about income because if you look at it, the Northeast is an expensive place to be, higher income, and then the other the other areas tend to make a little bit more money traditionally than their counterparts. And even though there are probably nuances and other kind of reasons for uh, for why they might be better tippers as well, by and large, it's all about income. Well, so if Matt, if you and I help people to be better educated with money, and then they start making a lot more money, then everybody's going to be better tippers. Is that right? Yeah, that's that's the hope. <laughs> well, and it's and it's funny because there there are definitely people who have different views on tipping mm-hmm. and like we saw that the median tip at a restaurant's about 18%. Um which we don't have historicals because we've only done this once, but I'm confident in saying that that's higher than it was 10-15 years ago. Um, and the, all the folks who we called out as the best tippers had a median of 20%. And I don't know that you can say that 20% is the new 15, but we can certainly say that more people now see 15% as a floor when it comes to tipping rather than a ceiling. Got it. Got it. And so let's just say I'm blown away by my experience at this restaurant am i are are people hovering in the twenty five to thirty percent range or or is this are you guys i guess just taking the median data or did you find any outliers that were uh that stood out yeah we didn't we didn't ask what you give for a um for really great service, but it does stand to reason that if if your baseline is twenty um you might give twenty five mm-hmm. plus on a uh on a uh, night where there's really good service. Well, that's great. Well, that's great. Well, I mean, a lot of these people are in the service industry. They're looking to, you know, uh, for restaurants specifically, there's a lower minimum wage, right? So, I mean, this these tips are required or needed. Yeah, it's really important because it's, it's a tough gig. Um, and those folks work so hard and it really is important to, um, to tip them well. And, you know, I've been in situations with family or friends where, where the person who's who takes on the task of leaving the tip doesn't leave enough mm. and you end up kind of going back to the table on the sly as everybody else is leaving and throwing a few more dollars down um <laughs> and you know because the, because it, that's their livelihood they rely on that tip money to get by and it's important 
to reward good service when you get it. Absolutely. Well, that, that's a that's a good theme for this conversation here. So, <laughs> so um, wanted to ask you a little bit about some some newer technology that has maybe changed things a little bit. There's there's been a growth of these new credit card based apps like Square that you see in you know the coffee shop or the local sure. sandwich shop things like that. Has that is, has any of the data uh, indicated that if that's helped or hindered tipping in general uh, to maybe to grow that? We didn't get into that on the survey, but just from my own personal experience, I think there's no question that that has helped. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, we have a food truck that comes to our office every day, the, the kind of rotating series of them that we see every once in a while. And they always those trucks always use square or something like it to accept cards. And, and that's a situation where in the past you go up there with cash. It's a full cash operation. You drop a dollar into the, uh, into the tip jar. But now with credit, it makes it easier and it builds it into the process. So there's really no way, I mean, you can actively, choose to not tip but there's really no way to kind of forget about tipping and almost certainly that ramps up the amount of tips and the frequency that those folks get tips yeah absolutely absolutely yeah i mean it's it's become pretty prevalent and obviously for a lot of small business owners that can that can help incentivize their their staff as they're as they're joining them uh in in these business adventures that they're doing Mm. um so you you mentioned restaurants and could you repeat those again? You said restaurants, uh, the hair salon, and, and a couple others that uh, you got some good data on. Could you repeat that for me? Yeah, restaurants, mm-hmm. hair salons, um, coffee shops, mm-hmm. and um, and hotel and housekeepers. Hotels. That's that's interesting. And, yeah, yeah, and and we looked at those because those are um, those are areas where traditionally people have tended to tip or at least we found that some people do and some people don't and there was some debate as to how you should handle it and what we found was that most everybody tips at restaurants thankfully um and, but about two-thirds of people tip their hairstylist or their barber but only about a quarter of people tip the barista at the coffee shop or the hotel housekeeper. And it just goes to show you that everybody has different views on these things and the the how and when and how much of tipping is is still very much a uh, an open question. Yeah, and then for the for the hotel side of things, obviously that's a lot of based on uh, based on um, people having the availability of cash in their pocket, right? I mean, you can't necessarily swipe a credit card and you know, right. make the valet happy or the you know the housekeepers happy. So has that uh, has our move towards credit cards uh, changed changed things quite a bit with regard to tipping? Do you think? I think that that's that's entirely possible. Um, but I also think that some of it with a hotel housekeeper is that it's simply out of sight, out of mind, because um, you're you sit with the uh, the waiter or interact with them personally over the course of a dinner. You sit in a chair at a barber shop or hair salon for a half an hour and get to know that person. And um, and with the barista at the coffee shop, it's more of a transactional thing. Um, so, and, and with the hotel housekeeper, you never even see that person for the most part. So there, I, I think that there's a good amount of of out of sight, out of mind, and just the and it just shows the impact of a relationship um, or, or some face to face conversation of folks as to how much that influences how we tip. That's incredible. I, I, that makes total sense. I'm just thinking about my my tipping habits and the the people that you spend the most time with uh, and get to know. Like if I'm sitting there getting my hair cut or spending time at a nice quality restaurant. It, it totally makes sense. I mean, I travel a lot for business, and when I'm conscious about it, I will leave the tip for housekeeping, but sometimes I just forget because, like you said, out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's interesting, especially with a hotel housekeeper, 
when you think about what they do and them being in even if you're not there, they're in your personal space and doing a very, very important job because, you know, like, you know, they, they say in, you know, I, I'm a former sports writer in a, in a former life and they say the, the best referee is the one who you never see and who you never think about. That's kind of what a hotel housekeeper is as well. Mm-hmm. If they do their job, um, you should have nothing to complain about and, and everything should be fine, but they do a really important job and they deserve to, to get those sorts of tips. And a lot of times we just don't think about it cause we never see them. Yeah. That, that makes a ton of sense. So, I mean, like you're talking about between the service workers at a restaurant or housekeeping, you know, outside of just general societal norms that we're supposed to tip. These these people need need this money to to maintain their lives. I mean, outside of just the societal norms or the the top level results of the study, um, giving people an opportunity to to live a, a decent life in the service industry is very important. I mean, there's there's got to be other reasons outside of these societal norms for us to tip, and that that seems to be one of them for me. I don't know about you. Yeah, no question. And and the truth is that. Even a dollar a day, if you're staying for a few days, um, you just do the math. If somebody is um, working at a hotel and cleaning up, you know, a certain number of rooms, if everybody left them an extra dollar, it wouldn't even impact your life in the slightest. But it would make a really big difference to those folks. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I really appreciate you giving the detail about this uh, survey. It's very revealing. I had a chance to speak with a modern etiquette expert that also gave me some tips or some, um, that's, that, I guess that's a funny word to use with the tipping survey, uh, <laughs> gave me some advice uh, with regard to what people are, uh, you know, what etiquette says with regard to these. And there's a lot of correlations with what you're saying. Um, you know, she had indicated that um, the 20% uh, area is sort of now a, a baseline for, for people, obviously, um, you know, as we move move further along uh, from where things used to be, where fifteen percent was maybe that median baseline, twenty percent uh, seems to be the the area. And then, obviously, if things are going great, you can do as much as you can after that. So it's very interesting to see those correlations between uh, what modern etiquette says and what the actual data comes from, uh, what the data says uh, according to your study. Yeah, and and it, etiquette is such a challenging thing because everybody has their different views and 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 tipping is such a confusing thing and we've seen you know folks like Larry David on Curb Your Enthusiasm and Seinfeld has practically made a living off of quirky th- of <laughs> of exposing the quirkiness and confusion and awkwardness that comes with tipping and it's just a hard thing for folks and really I think what it comes down to is when in doubt go ahead and tip especially if it's somebody or some business that you're going to visit again because you help those folks out and you're probably going to get better service or at least as good of service the next time you go. That's good. Well, I think I think everybody wants to be at least thought of as generous. So right. if we move that way, based on your advice, I think we're all going to be living in a better society. So I appreciate uh, I appreciate that advice uh, there, Matt. I wanted to jump into a different topic that I'm really interested in. Obviously, <laughs> I I started this adventure with my website and my my podcast here with the, with the goal of educating people and helping them to win with money and it sounds like you are doing the exact same thing uh, with your talking in class initiative but with younger generation so can you can you talk a little bit about that initiative that you're working on sure basically the idea behind talking in org is that if more money smart grown-ups go into classrooms across America and share what they know with kids, we can make a grassroots difference in financial literacy among kids in the country. And part of this springs from the fact that my job um, my job helps me get to know a lot of people like yourself who are um, who who know a lot about money and who have spent a lot of time studying these things and talking about it in a way that is really relatable and um, 
it's such an important thing, whether you're developing a web audience or a podcast audience, or you're talking to a group of fifth graders. And the fact is that schools don't do a good enough job of educating kids about money and lots and lots of parents out there know lots of things that could help kids get a little smarter and do a little better when they get older. Well, that's great. And the, the, a lot of the people who listen to this show obviously have a, uh, a financial mindset, at least, or they, they have some knowledge themselves or they're looking to improve themselves. Can you talk a little bit about who the right candidate is uh, that would lead one of these presentations? Yeah, the the right candidate is frankly somebody who is passionate about money and um, and can talk about it in a uh, in a way that would be impactful to somebody to a kid in a classroom. Um, it's what you don't need is an economics degree or a uh, or a resume that's had you on CNBC and Fox Business or whatever. Um, you just need a passion for money and a willingness to get in and talk. And really what it's about is going to your kid's teacher or the principal or other school officials and saying, hey, I, I do this for a living and I think that I'd like to come in and share some of what I know um, with, with the kids here. And maybe that ends up looking like you know, 20 minutes in a cl- in front of a classroom, maybe it ends up becoming where you address the entire school um, for for a short time. Whatever it looks like, um, any any little bit can be really helpful. And my goal with talkinginclass.org is just to get people started and get people mobilized and and start kind of small and see where it goes. Excellent. And you you mentioned fifth grade uh, during one of your examples. There is there a is there a prime age where this where this information is more easily absorbed by children? I don't I don't know that there is, um, but I think it's just incredibly important to know your audience, and that's and and parents are uniquely suited to do that. So if you have a if you have a junior in high school, you probably know fairly well, you know, how to talk to, to your kid and their friends, hopefully. Um, I have a little boy who's going into sixth grade, so I spoke with him and his class in fifth grade and knew enough to be able to kind of tailor it down. But really, there are some simple messages that it doesn't matter if you're in fifth grade or if you're, if you're about to graduate from high school. Things like the impact of interest or the importance of paying your bills on time every time. Some basic concepts like that can be told to anybody and frankly, 40, 50 year olds <laughs> yeah, <laughs> need exactly. that information. And, and that's why we're all doing what we do, right? Absolutely. So, um, so that's, that's kind of where we're coming from. So you, you mentioned that you went in and did, did one for your, for your son. Can you talk about the information that you shared and, and how that experience went? Yeah, basically, um, my son came home with homework one day and it was, it was breaking down the differences between things like debit, credit, wire transfers. And I thought, wow, I didn't expect them to be doing this in fifth grade. And, um, and my son ended up talking to my uh, to his teacher and saying, "This is what my daddy does." Blah blah blah. And um, she said, "Would he want to come in and talk?" And I said, "Sure." And basically, what I did was I went in and talked super basically about credit and talked about things that I've done with my son to help teach him. And also, like I was saying, the, the basics of interest where I said, you know, you spend $250 on an Xbox um, and only pay the minimum that a credit card asks you to, you can end up paying a lot more. And you throw out those exact numbers to those kids and their eyes get wide <laughs> and, and, 
And that Xbox is now five grand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And 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 those are the kinds of real world examples and relatable things that you would hope might stick with those kids in uh, in in later years. So that's that's kind of the hope. That's great. So is that where talkinginclass.org was was born from from that original conversation? Yeah, I I just had such a good time and was so blown away by the questions that I got from the kids in that class and how interested they were that I was like, okay, this is something that that um other people can do. I'll reach out to some of my friends who do similar things to what I do. And uh, we'll we'll see what we can get started. Excellent. So tell me about the progress that it's had thus far after your first presentation. Well, right now we're just kind of laying the groundwork and doing some outreach and in in anticipation of um, of the start of the school year, because the truth is that the beginning of the school year is probably the best time to approach a teacher or a school official and say, hey, I've got this idea. Um, how can I get involved? And it may be a conversation that you have in August or September, but they say the timing won't be right in the curriculum until February. But at least you've had those conversations and you can tee something up and um, and then you can uh, you can do your thing. Well, excellent. Well, it sounds like we're talking at the perfect time of the year then for us to uh, to share this with our with our audience. Tim. That's great. That's great. Yeah, and and if anybody who's listening has interest in uh, in getting involved, just go to talkinginclass.org and uh, and reach out, and I'll make sure to get back with you. Excellent. Well, I'll I'll be sure to put that link in the show notes uh, for the show today, so people can jump in and share their experience and help change our society to become more educated with money, and that will help everybody. And, and like, this is a full circle here, Matt, but maybe become better tippers, too, in the future. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, great. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Matt. This was a great conversation. I really appreciate you joining, and um, best of luck with your initiative with both talk, Talking in Class as well as your position with CreditCards.com. Thank you very much. This was fun. Okay, are we tipping experts yet, everybody? Okay, probably not, but at least we have enough ammunition to create our own versions of how we should tip in the future. Based on the data from Mad and the etiquette advice from Maggie, here's my top-line tipping plans going forward. Sit-down restaurants, 20% will be my baseline for a good experience. Coffee shop, sandwich shop, and any other kind of grab-and-go, fast-casual place where I'm where I'm not a regular... I will not do a tip. I, it's, I, I'm just not gonna. <laughs> if I am a regular, I'll drop a dollar every once in a while for my sandwich or my coffee. I'm not much of a coffee guy, so. But I can see how that could be an everyday thing for people if they're going to the same coffee shop. You know, drop a dollar in there every once in a while. Food delivery, 20%. I'm gonna stick with that. And then I liked how Maggie said round to the next, not the next dollar. That would be, that would be a good thing to do. Larger catering orders that I'm picking up. My wife and I talk about this a lot. You know, if you go and get the, the you know, $100 worth of uh, dinner for a, a large family, if you're having them over, 10%, 10%. On the trip side of things, if someone's helping me with my bags, $1 to $2 per bag makes sense to me. I'm definitely going to be working on the tipping housekeeping more consistently. Two to three bucks per day sounds good and fair. And then valet, three to five bucks makes sense, right? At the end of the day, I want to be thought of as a generous and giving person. After all, we're not going to get rich by saving money on tips, right? A lot of these folks might be working their way out of debt, raising kids by themselves, or simply just in need of a smile, something to make them keep moving through the day. These are our fellow countrymen. These are our neighbors, man. So let's think of it like that. Let's open our hands and wallets to these folks who are working hard to provide us a great experience. If you missed some of the resources and links mentioned in the show today, like Matt's Talking in Class initiative, please go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 47 to check them out in the show notes. At that same link, tell me how you're tipping. Does all this sound crazy to you? Has anything you've heard today influenced what you're going to be doing tomorrow? 
there's not a right way or a wrong way. It's, it's all personal guys. So there's just your way. It's all good. I'll include my tipping plan in that link as well. So you and I can use that for future reference. Again, that's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 47. As a reminder from the top of the show, if you're looking to save a quick $1,000 without leaving the comfort of your home, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash 1K. This will lead you to a free three-step guidebook that will help put a cool G back in your bank account. Enjoy, my friends. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Winston Churchill. We make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. Those are some great words to live by. Carpe diem. 